Hey, friends, thank you for joining me today for the live show. William Ramsey has uh, joined me again today. This is the third conversation that William and I have had, and that makes him, that puts him in elite. Well, he's an elite company anyway, but that puts him in elite company having three conversations, two on the live show, and we did one on Soaring Eagle Radio. William is uh, an occult investigative journalist. I've Many of you have followed William's work, and I know that he appreciates that. Uh, and you're joining especially today because you want to hear about William's latest, his latest documentary. And let me just read this quick um, bio. He's the author, Prophet of Evil, uh, Aleister Crowley, 9-11 and the New World Order, Abomination, Devil Worship and Deception in the West Memphis Three Murders, and Children of the Beast, Aleister Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity. Now, that's a that's a very good book, by the way. Folks, if you want to understand uh, the influence of Crowley today, that's a that's a very good book. Um, he's also produced, directed four documentaries now. The fourth one um, is the one we're going to be talking about today. Occult Hollywood, Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley, 9-11, New World Order, and the Smiley Face Killers, and then the new and Occult Hollywood, Volume 2. And that's available, folks, out on Vimeo. Jared... As, as we get started, let's go ahead and play that trailer, that teaser for that, and uh, and then that link will be up. We'll let folks know where that's at. You can go uh, rent it. I think it's $4.99 if you rent it. You can buy it, $12.99. So that's a, that's a very, very economical purchase. But let's play that teaser first, Jared. Occult Hollywood. Tell you these people are devil worshippers. That's ridiculous. Bring in the dial. Conjured up the living devil. Do you believe in magic? Silence. Artist of Rose, mysterious human. Sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> Mind control. Most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life. I've been called too independent for my own good. <laughs> Ironborn 9-11. Occult Hollywood is available now on Vimeo.com. So there you have it, folks. Occult Hollywood Volume 2. You can go out to Vimeo, search for that. You can find that, rent it, purchase it, and uh, assist William in his terrific work that he's doing. William, again, thank you for joining me for another conversation on this subject. Um, Hollywood's a lot of things to a lot of different people. But as I was thinking about our conversation today, William, one thing that Hollywood is not anymore is, in my opinion, is they are not careful. They want you to know exactly what they're doing. If you understand the symbology and what you're looking at, they're sending a very clear message in, in most 
motion pictures, are they, or is that an overstatement, Wayne? I, I, no, I do not think that's an overstatement. I think that it's become more and more prevalent, particularly within the last 20 years, but the use of these symbols and numbers are definitely there on so many, not just the films, but the entire culture, whether it's award shows or um, interviews and things like that. There's all kinds of coded language and things like that. So I, that was kind of the purpose of why I did this video. It's a volume two and I did one about 10 years ago. And so I just kind of re-upped it, but I think I tried to reveal or expose all of these things that are in these variety of, you know, specific types of directors or things that maybe we've all seen, particularly like 2001 or some of these other things. But um, yeah, I think that you're right. I think that that's kind of the power, the secret power of the occult is that the non-initiated or non-influenced look at these things with mystery while the initiates or people in the know understand full well the symbols and, and what these, these connected, often members of secret societies, people are trying to portray. Yeah, yeah. And, and because of that, uh, I think it's fair to say, William, that um, Hollywood, for the most part, they're not interested in entertainment and, and, and they lost interest in that a long time ago. Um, most of Hollywood now is very interested in propaganda in indoctrination in uh, pulling you into whether you understand that you're being pulled into this or not, a, a worldview that they're fashioning on a number of different subjects that they want you to accept without critical thinking. What do you think? Yes, I, I totally agree with that. I think that many of the leading films have themes of either transhumanism or uh, self-deification or straight out occultism. If you look at Harry Potter, probably the number one film series in history, uh, you're being exposed to all the numerology that I exposed in this film, 11s, wands, magic. So I think that there's a significant proportion or portion of Hollywood that is trying to normalize uh, these types of, I would call them New World Order themes. I think that would be fair to say. Yes. Yeah, I, I do too, William. And and that, I'm glad that you mentioned Harry Potter for a long time. It kind of flew under the radar. And, and sadly, it, it still is uh, for a good too many Christians. Um, but some folks are waking up now and they're understanding that, that certain movies, especially certain franchises of, of movies, uh, has really been about normalizing things that that the scriptures speak against and forbid and condemn, uh, but it's made its way into homes of unsuspecting uh, people and, and their children is they're becoming indoctrinated and and I think that's one reason why we see a, a rise today in uh, those who say or claim that they are practicing the the uh, Wiccan religion. Um, there was a there was a young girl recently uh, here in my area, William. I, uh, Kathy, and I attended the same uh, uh, local fellowship with her parents. I, I watched her grow up in the church, and she has made a very public profession of being a witch. And uh, no doubt, the normalization of witchcraft and and the downplaying of the evil and dark side of it played a part in that. And that's, that's one of the, um, 
I don't want to call it sublime. It's it certainly is 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 subtle um, if you don't know what you're looking at. No doubt. I would say that people look at Harry Potter. They don't know that it's it's an intro to witchcraft and uh, all kinds of interesting occult themes. It's really a remarkable piece. And I think if people even knew the foundations of modern witchcraft through Gerald Gardner and Alex uh, Sanders to Crowley, they would be shocked because they yeah. thought that it's some kind of ancient, uh, you know, forest religion where you worship, you know, you're kind of like an animism, but uh, yeah, it's pretty shocking. And here in LA, the number one religion among teenagers, teenage girls is Wicca, is witchcraft. So it's no very, disturbing. yeah. So wow. Wow. it's really growing. And I think that that's the normalization. I think that that's what people are being exposed to. And here, I mean, it's surprising how many people I see driving around with Harry Potter symbolisms. And uh, I've had conversations with people, and some of the the recitations are direct spells. They're actually pure copies of spells. And even the square within the circle is uh, is an old occult symbol. So J.K. Rowling, who used the K as a middle letter, which is the 11th uh, letter of the alphabet, that isn't actually her given name, which is even more interesting. Now, I've talked to other people about the foundations of Harry Potter and where it came from, and her kind of genesis story is she was a single mom working in a coffee shop, but there's a lot more to it. Like, she had some very interesting friends, and she had a very uh, remarkable knowledge of magic with a K, really at the foundation of, of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which is a play on the alchemist's Philosopher's Stone. So there's a lot of alchemy in there as well. Yes. Yeah. Even well, Harry Potter's name. Yeah. Even Harry Potter's name is uh, Potter. So you use the clay to create your <laughs> magical soul or whatever, and that's really an alchemy principle. Clay to gold. Wow. I recently learned, William. Uh, you, you already know this, I'm sure, but I, I recently learned from uh, from another author that I read, uh, Robert Oram. Um, his book, Pharmakia, The Biblical View of Drug Use, um, I recently learned just how intertwined witchcraft, sorcery, and drug use is and how, how absolutely essential that is for astral projection uh, that people practice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that really is true. That, I mean, if you go back and look at Crowley, he started integrating all these things into magic, and one of the primary mm -hmm. things was drugs. So yes, yeah, that was really yeah. a, a component of his magical practice. And Yes, yeah. yeah. So in, in volume two, William, um, you, you've continued the, the research that you started in one, and, and uh, you, you, you take on symbols again. Uh, the, the, the very subtle meanings, mind control, all of those subjects um, that, that Hollywood is, is putting out there. Uh, what, what did you learn new or what did you stumble on that was new and was an aha moment? Was there anything in this new documentary? I was really surprised about the theme of human sacrifice that was in Fight Club. I didn't really know what to symbol. And I actually believe that Fight Club anticipated the events of 9-11-2001, if you read Prophet of Evil, the occult underpinnings of the event of September 11th, even the dates of September 11th, 2001. But I didn't know how many of these films hinted at the event before the event happened. So I put, uh, I would put Fight Club, there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie called End of Days, where it's pretty clear that 
these guys were integrating symbology from the event in that. So Fight Club and Sacrifice is really kind of the secret, human sacrifice, literal human sacrifice is really kind of the secret theme within Chuck Palahniuk's Fight Club, which is very popular and referenced all the time. And I was surprised to find out that he, even Tyler Durden, it goes back to Harry Potter, it's the same type of name. It's a five and a six, right? So you have the, yeah. the numbers of the magician which is the numbers of the hexagram and pentagram, right? They come together, come together as an 11. And uh, so, you know, I think Fight Club was something that I learned and also the, the, the kind of secret mystery of 2001 where people are watching this film and watching this monolith with all this mysterious, um, you know, view towards it where this, what does this monolith represent? Well, the monolith's dimensions are 11 feet tall and it's a nine by three. So it's Crowley's kind of uh, number of mag uh, both the will and of love. The Philema and Agape are right there. So it really led me to show that Kubrick himself was in a kind of an occult master. And so those were kind of new themes and also the theme of pedophilia within Stanley Kubrick from Lolita all the way through Eyes Wide Shut. And it's actually kind of still relevant today because I read just recently that Jeffrey Epstein was very interested in the book Lolita. And here he is involved in an international child trafficking ring, the enormity of which we haven't really determined yet. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I think that there's a lot of new material that people should see because this monolith, believe it or not, ties into Jeffrey Epstein because there's a Santa Fe mm -hmm. Institute. And you can go to their website now. I recommend people go to the Santa Fe Institute website and type on or click on the monolith. So you have these kind of, uh, I would call them Darwinian biologists, evolutionary biologists who Jeffrey Epstein hung out with all sitting around doing some kind of weird program with this monolith, the same dimensions of which were in uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. So you can see how the culture itself, this kind of new world order, order culture is integrated into these films, but also within academia and uh, these kind of secret networks that Jeffrey Epstein was heavily involved in for 30 years. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and for 30 years, sort of flew under the radar. I just saw um, a headline a couple of days ago, William, and it was from uh, San Diego State University, I believe. They uh, they were teaching a course. If I can remember the headline correctly, San Diego State University. Um, well, here's the bottom line: they were they were saying, without any ambiguity at all, they were saying clearly and plainly that pedophilia is a normal sexual. Um, behavior and that we needed to decriminalize it that that was the, the the gist of it right and you see that that's these are kind of like all if you take a real wide angle view these are all kind of new world order anti-scriptual positions that come in under the guise of some kind of biology or normalcy and you can see it i mean it's really crazy about how eyes wide shut has this theme of pedophilia that runs through it it's really mm -hmm. disturbing so um, and, and I think that Jeffrey Epstein was, you can probably put his parties on that island as a cult. There's occultism involved with the Epstein Island and his stuff like uh, Pan. And he had a number, he had a, he had a facility with certain or an understanding of certain themes. So, uh, 
I do think that that's kind of like if you even go back to like this guy who really liked Crowley, it was the um, Kinsey. If you look through yes. his his views on sexuality, they're basically satan the same as satan. They're carbon copies of satanic views of that, and that you know you can do whatever you want. It's basically do what thou wilt, writ large. All that work, the or the what I can't remember the names of his books right now, but uh, there is that element, and and you'll never they never, yeah they are it's it's anti scriptural, no question. Yeah, yeah, and to this day. Uh, Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, still has a statue of Kenzie in his honor on their campus. They promote the Kenzie legacy there, and that that is, well, it's it's beyond baffling. Oh, it's sick. Do you know what the kind of stuff that he was involved in, and I covered in my book, Children of the Beast, is off the charts. I mean, the guy is mm -hmm. about he's about as big a quack as a quack could be. Mm -hmm. And people talking with legitimacy, he was funded by one of the Rockefeller foundations, which should tell you everything. But uh, he, he never allowed his research to be uh, analyzed by a third party. So the basic scientific standards didn't really apply. And his research involved I, somebody who I included in uh, my documentary, Kenneth Anger. And there's a really good Chris Pinto documentary. I wish I could remember the name, but uh, it covers Kinsey and uh, Kenneth Anger is in it, and Kenneth Anger is like another kind of a cult figure that runs through so many things and people um, through the 20th century. It's like a kind of like a key to looking into the occult undercurrent of really Western, modern Western culture. Yeah. William, do you have an opinion about why this sudden push, and, and, and I don't know why we we're, we're seem to be zeroed in um, on 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 the subject of pedophilia, maybe it's because that is what is being shoved in our face right now, uh, and the new world order is attempting to just uh, force us to accept this. And and I think that that the the largest part of the reason is because they've been doing it for decades. But but um, William. Do, do you have absolutely well i think i think the epstein case is extremely important it's been covered up or just dispensed with in its importance but that is really the global elite network and all of the elements they've kind of portrayed epstein as just a singular pedophile but it well that's only half the story the other half is the trafficking and how he made 550 million dollars and there's other people involved from other nationalities and other cultures mexico in the Caribbean who've never really come forward, not like many of these other people who've sued uh, Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell. So I think that the push for normalization, and it's pretty remarkable because the push for normalization is by a lot of these people who, like Richard Dawkins, a lot of these people who are around Epstein and Epstein's coterie of evolutionary biologists, whether it's Pinker, Krauss, Dawkins, all these people are all, I mean, I think Krauss himself was, did some kind of ex thing with Epstein in 2006. So you see this, uh, this, this kind of, I think a global normalization push, which is really disturbing. It's really yeah. sick. Yeah, it really is. And, and I guess it's a good, um, a good, good illustration of the fact, William, that 
that uh, sin, the, the wickedness and the evil of a man's heart knows no economic social barriers at all. Here you have, at least in some people's eyes, respected biological scientists involved in this kind of behavior. And, and well, I think we can all agree that, that uh, as soon as Epstein was apprehended, he was pretty much just the sacrificial lamb needed to be shut up. And he was. Yes. Um, and uh, because he knew too much, um, some some suggest, and I happen to believe he made his fortune off of blackmail, uh, extortion. Um, and, and I'm certainly not one to, to pity uh, Epstein, but but I think there is more to the story. And, and the globalists are trying to just bury that and yes. be done with it and move on. Is that fair? I totally agree. I think he was involved in blackmail, but I also think he was involved in human trafficking. I think that he was, he functioned as like a high level pimp. If you look at how many children that he was operating with, it was in an industrial scale. It's at least mm -hmm. the number count is at least 500. And he said that he was, had relations with like the Jacques Luc Brunel, this European guy from the E and he was trafficking girls, and God knows who from the uh, from Eastern Europe in the thousands. So it shows that he he seen what Jeffrey Epstein to me seemed to be was an intermediary, and then he would far he and Ghislaine Maxwell, who seemed to be the real brains behind the operation. I think that Epstein had learned it, but she was much more experienced and cultured, and had operated within those elite circles for her whole life, really, and so. Mm -hmm. He could have been involved in organ trafficking. Uh, he had asked, I mean, really disturbing story that really one of the central figures was um, uh, Roberts Jufre, who said that Elaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein wanted her to have a baby and they would pay her $200,000 either a month or a year. And she didn't, they didn't want to ask her any questions. So they would just take the baby. What was that for? And there's all kinds of elements. If you look at the island and all these things, there's like Horus was on top of this weird temple, blue and gold. There's a reference in the book of the law that says you should worship me with blue and gold. It was Satan is talking to Alistair Crowley in Egypt. So there is a theme there. And uh, I think that he was involved in many pots. And many people say that he was also involved in transacting uh, glow. Uh, uh, arms trafficking. So he's like really kind of a modern wow. kind of a villain, really a villain of the first order and the threats. And you, there's stories that are coming out of kids who came out of, I mean, these are all from sources that are not perfect, but that they were trafficking kids that disappeared out of Cuba. So really disturbing. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that about the organ uh, harvesting and some of these other activities, folks. It wasn't just about the pedophilia. I, I happen to believe and I know many folks that are that are in the queue and, and watching um, uh, uh, this this show, William, they understand that a lot of the people, babies, infants, children, even adults, were offered up as sacrifices in, in occult rituals. They're offered up as, as uh, offerings to Satan. This stuff is real, it's happening, and it's happening by the hundreds, if not the thousands of people all across this globe. Something is about to, to, to happen, William. What do you think? 
Well, I think you're, I think it's a great point. And what what better way to blackmail somebody? What if you could lure people into the island with this uh, the idea of some ritual on an equinox and then film that? You own mm -hmm. them, right? And right. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I've done some individual research, and there was the peace process, the Israeli Arab peace process, and the 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 envoy, the special envoy, was Mitchell, who Virginia Roberts mm -hmm. Jufre said that she. Uh, uh, Epstein sent her out to him. So you have a guy in 2010 sitting down negotiating pieces blackmailed. So you want to talk about heavy duty political influence. Start looking back and walking back the cat on people like Rich Richardson, uh, Mitchell. What are their? Uh, what are they doing? What's why is Richardson in the UN? What are they doing? These guys. I mean, it's incredible. It's an incredible story. And Virginia Roberts may be a person of great international political influence that nobody will ever know and that's incredible yeah, to think that incredible. she was a blackmailer for people making decisions yeah so you're still in the i mean i think that people are still trying to figure out what the totality is but if you even go through jeffrey epstein's black book it's an enormous book there's tons of contacts with tons of wealthy people in his flight logs as well so he was and moving around constantly so we don't those? really know so the cold ritual of the black book exists. Who's got uh, it? So you, you can know? find it online. Well, I have a copy of it. If you want to? You want to? No. I have original, no. unredacted no. copies. No, I'll pass. <laughs> well, the guy who had it eventually he died mysteriously. There's mysterious deaths around Epstein too. So even oh, Epstein's yeah. death is hyper mysterious. I mean, yeah, he had to go. So yeah. yeah anyway, yeah, so there, yeah. I think that it still does tie in though, uh, Pastor Mike. I got to tell you. This guy, this whole thing at Santa Fe with the monolith, if you watch Occult Hollywood 2 and see that the Georgia Guidestones, that the Millennium Tower in New York City right next to uh, World Trade Center, that 2001, there, it's all the same shape. And it goes right through to F this, this Santa Fe. So these they're kind of a techno-occult elite, almost mm -hmm. out of a science fiction movie yeah. that, that's, right, that's existing right now. And influencing yes. the culture and education and academia. So, yeah. Thank, thank you, Jared, by the way. Jared put the uh, link to Williams uh, Occult 2 in the chat, and we'll get that posted uh, online for those of you who are watching on the uh, social media platforms. So, how directors, let's talk about directors. And you, you, you talk in, uh, Volume two about uh, Oliver Stone. Let's let's chat about him a little bit, uh, well, uh, William. Well, I mean, I think that he's kind of a champion. He's seen as a champion of the left. So I right. think that JFK and some of his, his critique of, I think, justified critique of Vietnam. But in Natural Born Killers, the intro has this 77. And I talk about that uh, in, in Prophet of Evil is that it's the 77 names of Satan. It also pertains to... Libra Oz, it's just a big time kind of a cult number. And uh, you'll see that at 77 Sunset Strip. And, uh, you know, that movie itself is a very disturbing natural born, natural born killers is disturbing. And then you also see in the doors that um, Jim Morrison is in the blood drinking and his actual witch wife in real life, her name will, or is Wiccan wife. So we're back at Wicca again. Yeah, oh, boy. Her name was Keneally, is in 
that film the door. So I have a sequence of the door. So she's promo she's conducting like a hand fasting uh, Wiccan ritual in that movie, and it's the real person. So uh, Oliver Stone knows a little bit. He has a Yale pedigree. So mm. you know, coming out of <laughs> that, that's always like yeah. that should just make you sit up in your chair if anybody comes that's, out of Yale because they all have right. secret societies. There's post graduate societies is not just skull and bones it's all kinds of stuff so mm -hmm. uh, that's right. and then yeah and so then they get networked into you know elite society elite parties and stuff like that that's exactly the word that i had on my mind william was networking that's exactly what happens they get connected yes yeah when, when, and, there's and, intelligence, and then it's intelligence connections and all kinds of uh interesting stuff so oliver stone knows a little he's a little bit sharper maybe i mean he knows i think in my opinion he's he's he knows a lot more than he portrays in his public image so uh mm -hmm. i think he's an intelligent guy so you you kind of yeah. I mean, you, you look at his personal life yeah so yeah so so people like stone kubrick kubrick and and, and others uh we could say they're really um missionaries for the for the new world order I would for sure Kubrick had total New World Order values. New, new seemed to know a lot about Crowley, and uh, the, the Eyes Wide Shut is both a expose and also an occult, you know, primer for people because there's all kinds of themes of mind control in that film, pedophilia, the symbolism, the servitors at the sex magic ritual. There's eleven of them, right? But it's not overt. And you see the symbolism from Rosicrucianism, the swastika. It's just an incredible, I mean, it's really a remark. It just shows how smart Kubrick really was and how well read he was. Because yes. I don't think anybody's really fully unpacked it. But I think that he really, I mean, his working both. I think that the allegation of Kubrick, to my knowledge, has never fully been proven. It's been rumored. But Arthur C. Clarke, who he wrote 2001 with, uh, flat out got caught being involved in pedophilia in Sri Lanka. And that was really suppressed online. I have the original articles about him, but he used to, and I have a picture of him in his garden with this monolith again. So these guys created these symbols. And if you watch Smiley Face Killers, this other guy, another occultist, Peter Christopherson, created his own monolith that's on a Led Zeppelin album. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that there, the some of the, you're definitely being integrated into I think people subconsciously and subliminally, and it goes to a theme of mind control, which I also include in the documentary, at least in some of these, like Manchurian Candidate, which is really a remarkable film, uh, because I think that that's important. And it's a very fascinating because I just wrote, I just read a book about one of these head guys at the CIA. His name was James Jesus Angleton, and he was at the, kind of an OSS all the, in the CIA up till 1974, so he was a long timer. And uh, he didn't just say mind control was important. He said it was the key to global world power. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, man. So, yeah, so people are being exposed to more mind control and more themes than they might uh, might not really yeah. uh, accept. And yeah. also another monolith really is the UN building. If you look at all the dimensions of these mm -hmm. buildings, you have to see that there's some type of... Uh, communication or correlation at these high post either post masonic or high masonic groups yeah. it's groups rockefeller let's 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 uh let's pick that 
subject to back up, William. We're we're at uh, we're at the bottom of the hour, so it's time for us to take a sponsored break. But let's okay. pick that back up with mind control okay. when we come back. And uh, if there are any questions out there, Kathy, from any of the social media platforms, if you would be ready to ask those questions um, of William when we come back from the break, and then we'll take any questions that uh, folks might have in the in the green room. So. Uh, we'll be right back, folks, after this message from our sponsors. Healthy living through Life Vantage. Scientific research has validated oxidative stress as the root cause of aging and most disease. Oxidative stress is the result of the production of free radicals at the cellular level that damage our bodies. Protandum reduces free radical damage by 40% in 30 days. It does this by triggering the body's intelligence, activating the NRF2 protein, which in turn produces its own powerful protective antioxidant enzymes. LifeVantage Protandum, NRF1 and NRF2 work together to enable your body to rejuvenate itself on a massive scale, whether by upregulating your genes' ability to produce their own antioxidants, your cells' ability to produce mitochondria, or your digestive system's ability to regulate bacteria. We're helping you stay on top of the aging process while delivering the mental clarity and overall well-being you need every day to get the absolute most of your life. More information is available at www.abcgotit.com forward slash M-I-K-A 6-8. www.abcgotit.com forward slash M-I-K-A 6-8. Hi friends, Works LLC is a manufacturer of custom-made holsters, mag carriers, knife sheaths, and accessories. Works is your one-stop shop for high-quality inside or outside the waistband concealed carry holster. Works LLC is a Christian and family-owned and operated company that values made in the USA. Visit Works LLC, www.werkz.com, works.com. Works LLC, 855-937-5901, 855-937-5901, Works LLC. This is Dr. John Diamond with Peacemakers Outreach. I would like to personally invite you, your friends, and church families to the first annual Faith and Freedom Conference that's being held at the Edinburgh Camp and Conference Grounds on September 28th. Our lineup includes a group of the strongest Christ-centered American patriots ever brought to Western Pennsylvania. The Faith and Freedom Conference in Edinburgh features moderator Dr. Mike Spaulding of Soaring Eagle Radio, Fran Reese, President of Salt and Light Council, nationally known speakers and authors William Federer and Matt Truella, Ann Fisher, a leader of the Modern Black Robe Regiment, Rusty Thomas of Operation Save America, syndicated radio host Bradley Dean of Sons of Liberty Radio, and Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer of Past Assault Ministries. It's the Faith and Freedom Conference in Edinburgh, September 28th. For tickets and information, go to faithandfreedomconference.com. That's faithandfreedomconference.com. Faith and freedom. You can't have one without the other. Hey, folks. Thank you for supporting our sponsors, Life Vantage and Works LLC. We were talking uh, before the break about mind control, and uh, <laughs> we were having a, a conversation in the green room, and and it's another example, in my opinion, of mind control. And I'm not going to go into all of that. Um, well, 
we'll jump back into that in a second. Kathy, are there any questions out on uh, social media um, that folks are asking? Well, there are several, and most of them are concerning the church. Why doesn't the church address this? Um, it's all about the church waking up and and dealing with this. Hey, folks, <laughs> did you miss the memo? Pastor Mike, Calvary Chapel, Lyme, Ohio, 1030 a.m. Sunday mornings. Come and join us. I talk about this kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> I think I said when we started, William, this is the third conversation we've had. Yes. I, I can't answer why your pastor's not talking about it, but I can tell you this pastor's talking about it. Yeah. And I encourage every pastor to talk about it. This is what's going on. I've said this before. Pastors should be in their pulpit, the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. And you should be explaining the events of the day and what's happening in our world, in our country, according to the scriptures view it through the lens of the scriptures and you should be denouncing all of these pedophiles and and and, and all of these criminals these these political criminals that think they're above the law hat tip to coach dave and and his guys in the equal justice tour good for you it's about time people are standing up and saying nobody's above the law you're committing heinous crimes and you think you're too good or too powerful to be caught in it well your day's coming but anyway there's my, that that's my response i didn't think we well, needed to feel that i i feel that myself is there any other questions uh kathy i see one on facebook um someone is asking about any insight on the i don't know if it's a word nxivm cult nexium yeah yeah well, it's something interesting, and I, I actually am, am very pleased that Nexium, Epstein, and some of these other, uh, Ed Buck out here in LA, I don't know if people know that story, but some of these people are actually being prosecuted, and they successfully, I have to give credit to the Southern District of New York for successfully prosecuting Nexium and, and actually putting Renary in jail, who was the head of it, and he was kind of like a like an upgraded Scientologist, but he was definitely, he got uh, under the original complaint, it was a sex trafficking for a girl. I don't think it was ever really divulged who it was or women under 14. So, oh, uh, and yeah, so, and he was being financed. Yeah, it, it kind of does overlap in, in some ways with uh, Jeffrey Epstein because the mystery of kind of the money and stuff regarding Nexium, but it was a much broader involved much broader type of group kind of like uh, Epstein's group where they were had members who were from the Me Mexican uh, a president's son from Mexico and all of these celebrities from Hollywood and uh, but on uh, the structure of it you know they were branding women there were they had collateral on the women much like Scientology does with women uh, with or people which is to hold blackmail material on them so it was a very pernicious uh, group and there's some suspicious deaths around that but i don't think those were ever prosecuted but uh, i am pleased that though a lot of those people are i don't know if the full sentencing follow-up on axiom but i did an excellent interview with frank Perlato, who knew ranieri personally on my website william ramsey investigates and I also did a recent one with a guy who knew l ron hubbard and his name mm -hmm. is uh, jerry armstrong and he was one of the people who had Hubbard's original documentation. 
And in one of his series, Hubbard said that he was a Luciferian who wanted to come back and be reincarnated as the Antichrist. So there's another wow. one. Yeah, you want to talk about the pernicious elements of Scientology, the core doctrines of Scientology, and then you can get into Hubbard and Jack Parsons and Crowley and who they thought. Hubbard himself, there, a lot of these high-end occultists reference this phrase within the Book of the Law, which is, there shall be one that comes after. And Hubbard himself thought, and there's a lot of people who think they're the ones who come after. Mm-hmm. But Hubbard saw himself in that role as well as some kind of a cult superstar. So, And you want to talk about mind control, we can talk about Scientology, Nexium, uh, even yes. Jeffrey Epstein to a certain point, because he was threatening people and uh, and really manipulating them in the worst type of way. So. Yes, yes. Kathy, any other questions from uh, social media? Well, I think he kind of covered it because someone asked a question, was there any information about airborne frequencies that control the mind? Well, that's a good question. I think that uh, those, those technologies are out there. I would recommend people read a uh, article by Michael Aquino, the founder of the Temple of Set. The article is, and you can find it online, it's called From PSYOP to Mind War. So it's the idea of not running psychological operations and then ending them, but a consistent application of mind control on whole populations. And one of the things he writes about is frequency involvement. And this is an old uh, document from PSYOP to Mind War, I think a total victory, total victory in war. I can't remember the subtitle, but uh, he actually wrote it with a guy named Paul Vallelli, who's on Fox News. He's a military guy. So Fox <laughs> News is putting this guy on there. He's writing these really brutal uh, mind control books. And uh, yeah, so. The Kino, was, was, was he a military man, Walter? Yeah, so he's okay. a colonel. He made it up to colonel. That's, yeah, that's that's yeah. yeah. And he made it to uh, he made it to he was even psychological operations. That was really yes. his, his that's, skill. Yes, that's it. That's where I knew that name from. Okay, all right. I think his Any book is a very long book of his called "Coming Forth at Night: Darkness at Night, Coming Forth Darkness by Night," where he talks about Crowley and how he knew Levey. So it's it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Darkness coming forth, darkness. I can't remember something coming forth, darkness by night, but it's okay. a very, I think you can find it online. But it okay. is a historical, if you want to look at historical Satanism, there's a lot of information there, on there. I think there, he went there, to UCSB. Yeah. Okay. All right. Kathy, any other questions for William? Um, I don't see any more, Mike. Thank you. Okay. And anybody in the, in the huddle have a question for William? Unmute yourself, please, and ask away. No? All right. Well, let's let's get on with the subject then of mind control. Some folks think that mind control, William, it's it's uh, of the Jason Bourne uh, type uh, being, you know, programmed multiple personalities and all of that. But you've, as you've already said, Mind control can come in a, a lot of different uh, forms, and it can be very, very subtle, and folks don't even know that it's happening. Correct. So you can be exposed to symbols. You can ex- be exposed to ideas. You can have people shape your mind through whatever medium you're watching, whether it's film, radio, TV. 
I think that actually happens a lot in the corporate media, particularly, is where they're literally trying to implant you whatever whatever their agenda or ideology is, is really try to convince you that that's the normal route. But there is, I think, fairly intense programs that have taken place under what's known as MK Ultra Operation Chaos. But uh, I cover, I think, really one of the best movies about mind control is the original Manchurian Candidate that had Frank Sinatra in it, that uh, the sequence is really brilliantly done. And uh, he basically becomes an assassin trying to kill a presidential candidate. But uh, it's an incredible, they're, they're really what's interesting is you can see the kind of primacy of the number of 11 magic in that, that actual movie. Because as he's, he basically hit, he gets hypno-programmed to uh, have triggered responses while playing cards. And you can hear this 11 in the background. So it's really remarkable. But what's even more remarkable is that the director, Frankenheimer, his the last dinner that RFK had at night, the night before he was shot by a hypno-program killer, Sirhan Sirhan, uh, was with Robert Kennedy and Frankenheimer. Frankenheimer actually drove RFK to the... Uh, the Roosevelt Hotel that was on Wilshire, and uh, Sirhan Sirhan, I believe, was a, and still is. It was a very. He, uh, they don't know why hypnotism works, but some people are on it. The most people are on a spectrum of uh, susceptibility, and Sirhan Sirhan seemed to be on that far end. He had been a horse jockey and fallen off a horse and bounced off the center rail of the kind of horse track and became, he could snap in and out of these weird states of consciousness. And so I believe that that's actually what happened. So you see this kind of Manchurian, a literal Manchurian candidate, Sirhan Sirhan, who was recently stabbed in jail. Nobody really knows why, but it kind of seems like they want to tie up some loose ends. Um, so mind control, and you can look, I've done some recent uh, research into the the subject of state government controlled mind control that happened out here in California, there was a bunch of different cases. Whether it was the Symbionese Liberation Army with Donald DeFreeze, who came out of Vacaville, where they literally had these hardcore drug programs, of which some people survived. Whether it was Whitey Bulger or the Unabomber, uh, Kaczynski were also in these CIA programs. And uh, another one is Operation Chaos, where it sure seemed like people were influencing the culture through people who were in jail or and got out of jail, Manson being one of them. Um, so I think that that there these are still I think that some of these mass shootings and some of them seem to be like uh, black awakening type things where people have been pro like they've gone in maybe for like the original some of the original victims of you and Cameron they've gone into their shrink for depression or anxiety and they come out the other side and they're totally different. Wow. So I think those programs are still out there, but I think I cover some of it in, uh, in, in that I, I cover that in, uh, what is it? Manchurian candidate and a little bit of parallax view, probably one of the best movies about Patsy assassins that's ever been made. And nobody's really see it is called parallax view. And I highly recommend people watch that. If you like thrillers, watch that movie because it plays out kind of like the parapolitics of U.S. politics plays out. It's really fascinating. I don't want to ruin it, but it had Warren Beatty. So it had, even at the time, Warren Beatty was, I think, 
at the height of his game. He was really an A-list actor in this very strange con conspiratorial film, the original of Parallax View. Really, a br it's brilliantly done. It's just a total work of, of genius, man. I, and, and it's totally suppressed. Like nobody's ever really watched it or they don't mention it enough. But I highly recommend people see Parallax View. There you go. Is that P A R A? Parallax is spelled P A R A L L A X, and it's about how when you're sitting, when you move to the right or left, your view on the parallax changes. Uh, okay. uh, how you perceive perceive reality from different standpoints. I, I think that it's amazing. It's an amazing film. I don't want now, to really highly yeah. recommend it. And <laughs> you also have a YouTube channel, William, that folks can go and 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 listen to. Uh, folks that you interview, uh, some of the content that you provide. That's so. So if you go to YouTube, folks, Cult Investigations by William Ramsey, um, you can go out there and subscribe to that. And and uh, I have two. Sorry to interrupt, but I have two no, YouTube channels. One is William Ramsey. Oh. The other is William Ramsey Investigates. And then I also have a podcast that's all audio, so you can just go to iHeartRadio or iTunes and check it out i got it probably 140 hours at this point including one very good show from uh, pastor mike is on there as well so you can catch our old show there uh if you're interested there there you go so yep i just i just looked for it myself and there it is william ramsey investigates 241 videos folks that'll that'll get you up to speed in a hurry and I'm just putting up a lot. I've got some good interviews, recent interviews about Manson and stuff like that, that uh, tries to really go back and look at uh, past events through parallax views, so to speak, is try to look at it in light of today, mm -hmm. what really happened in some of these social engineering, mind control uh, events that I think really influence culture. So Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've got to ask, William, what are you doing now? What's what's on your plate now? What do you work? What's the project that's occupying your time right now? Well, I'm trying to go back and redo some of the earlier doc, the other documentaries. So this was kind of a remake of a documentary I did 10 years ago. So I'm kind of working on a new one. And, you know, I've just kind of I've looked at a lot of these true crime cases. I've, I've been really looking into that. So I've got some things on the horizon that. Uh, I think people might find very interesting, but I'd love to do another Cold Hollywood because when I did the last one, I just came up with so much material for another one. So, yeah, you know, I'm still always reading and researching. So, I, but uh, and, yeah, and, uh, and so a, a Cold Hollywood Volume Two that I, I think I saw it's two hours and a minute. Yes, that sounds right. Is that, yeah, yeah. I sure two I shortened hours. it from the last one because my smiley face killers. <laughs> uh, video was three and a half hours and i never heard the end of it i mean it was a certain amount that people don't yeah. want to watch so i don't think i'll yeah. ever do a three and a half hour one but i tried to pack as much information into that as possible but. yeah yeah well you, you know what we've we've just got a few minutes left william maybe we should uh let's whet people's appetite for that documentary that you did because that that's a fascinating situation to me the smiley face killers um and again, that's out on uh, uh, William's Vimeo, Vimeo channel. Yeah, correct. Yeah, you can go so, out on Vimeo and rent or buy that. Correct. I mean, I think I've priced them reasonably five dollars. I think uh, mm -hmm. for the information, I think that especially if you have uh, people going off to college, there has been a spate of young men being drugged, abducted, disappeared, found in water. 
there's probably two to 300 total victims, at least in the U.S. over time, and maybe worldwide, double that number. And the, the pattern is still taking place. And uh, it does seem like the, um, the authorities are in on it or trying to study what's going on. But uh, my chief researcher was Jim Smith, who runs the Smiley Face Cult, who has really been on top of that story and just watching this kind of event of the young men in really places that, you know, angels fear to tread, getting in trouble and uh, meeting a really uh, terrible end. So you really have to watch out if you have kids or young people who are in college. Don't let your drink get drugged. It can happen to men and women and uh, still stay together because I do believe that there's probably two or three serial killers, some working in groups that are operating in the United States uh, right now in some kind of like an Epstein in some ways moving between jurisdictions and committing crimes and then leaving jurisdictions. It might be even international, which would be hyper disturbing. But uh, the, the yes. events of these young men, some of them are disappearing for much longer than uh, to be expected. Like you should find somebody within a week, but some are missing 40 days. Uh, there was one young man out of Pittsburgh. His name was Dakota James. Cyril Wecht investigated and said he hadn't been dead for very long. And he, he just, his body had been obviously tortured or something. So it's really horrible stuff, but I do believe it's happening. And it comes from the underground. I believe in the underground of the internet or the dark web. And I thought it was an urban myth before I really studied it. And once I, you know, watched him and there's a young, another, and then it's actually involved. I actually posted something about predators lurking on dating apps and I believe that that's where some of these people met their end is that uh, is that they were on grinder or something like that. So you really, it's really dangerous out there. Um, yeah. I've done yeah, some stuff on Ed. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Good. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, there was this guy, Ed Buck, who people have been following and he was, he was getting men and drugging them and they would die. And, and one of the people who survived said the guy jumped out of uh, his closet with a chainsaw. So, you know, you got to really be careful. It's really dangerous. Um, yeah, that's, that's predatory people out there. There are a lot of predatory people and it's getting, it's waxing worse and yes. worse and worse. Uh, and it's, it's, it's sad, but, um, well, it's just the truth of the times that we live in. You've got to be very, very careful, uh, especially when you're using technology. That seems to be a common thread through all this, William. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it exposes, really it reveals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These, no, I these, mean, I mean, the people are on there. On if you're talking about the like the internet or something, people are under mm -hmm. the fake names and stuff like that. I did. I talked about this guy who was in UK and he had total fake names, and he was a predator. He was a serial killer, and uh, so. Yeah, you got to real. I mean, any even women and men, they all everybody has to be careful, really. Yeah, that's it's that's a, right. It's a uh, much more dangerous age than it was, you know, maybe a hundred years ago or something. Yeah, Opal Singleton. Uh, are, are you familiar with Opal, William? No, I don't know that. Uh, don't know no, that. Opal is out. She lives out in um, Orange County, and uh, she is is. Uh, connected with the uh, Riverside Police Force and, and she runs a ministry on uh, human trafficking. And she has got story after story after story of what you've just described of people being on 
uh, using apps, uh, using technology, meeting people uh, that they think are genuine people and what they're being told is real. And the next thing you know, your your 13-year-old daughter or your 13-year-old son is sneaking out of the house to go meet somebody that's convinced them that there's someone else and then they end up missing or worse. That's the days that we live in. Yeah. That's the days that we live in. So, so William, let's, let's wrap this up. We've got just a couple of minutes left. Folks, you can go out to Vimeo. Um, Jared's already posted the link in the green room. So guys and gals here, you can, you can go out there. It's already posted on social media. Um, please go out to Vimeo and uh, rent Occult Hollywood 2 or buy it, download it. It's, it's really a reasonable um, cost, $12.99, I think it was. You can go to William's YouTube channels. Um, William Ramsey investigates a lot of fantastic interviews if you're wanting to get up to speed on this information. And listen, we're not talking about this for the sake of talking about it, folks. The whole point in having these kind of conversations and the whole point in the research that that William is doing and then providing for people is to equip you to understand the days and the times that we live in. Amen, William? Amen. Amen to that for sure. Yeah, that's that's exactly why we do. Because some people, William, they'll ask, why do you talk about such dark subjects? Well, well folks, if we're not going to talk about it, God's people who are walking in the light to expose the darkness, if we're not going to talk about it, I guarantee you the evildoers aren't going to talk about it. They're just right. going to continue to play their games, right? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you look at the Bible, there's almost all the prophets and the Lord all exposed evil. They're all called people out for their evil deeds. So, yeah, uh, I think that it's a component of, of, you know, trying to be the best follower of Christ is real. It's not, you know, a hundred percent of your work, but it's definitely to acknowledge that there is evil and expose it. We're, 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 uh, I think in, in, entrusted with that responsibility. Yes. And I, and I, I hope, I pray, in fact, that folks have watched us and, and listened to this conversation today, William, and they've been encouraged and emboldened to take this information to their friend, back to their church and say, listen, these things are happening and, and talk about this. Hey, you know what, folks? We complain about pastors a lot. Maybe if you'd encourage your pastor with this information and point them to William's website and his Vimeo channel and encourage him to start watching this, who knows? Maybe your elder or your deacon or your Bible study teacher or your pastor might actually start shining some light on this darkness too. Wouldn't that be fantastic? That'd be fantastic. We're all supposed to be light bearers shining the gospel truth, the truth of God upon the darkness. So folks, I encourage you to do that. Please share this episode with your friends. Spread the word. Get it out there. Visit William's YouTube channels. Visit the Vimeo channel and uh, drop him an encouraging note that when you do that. Tell him to keep up the good work. William, I appreciate you joining me again today. Mike, it's great to be back with you anytime. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you very much, brother. Folks, Take that care. is all we have today. But remember, Renewing our minds is not an option. Stay in the fight, folks. We will win. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless you. See you next Monday.